Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? No one at all. Oh, how we love you, Lord. Hey, everyone, it's Pastor T in the studio with Pastor David and the Fish. How y'all doing? (laughs) It's a good day. It's a good day. Pastor Dave has been teaching us a series about judgment. Right. What is judgment? It's been so, so good. Thanks, Pastor D. It's my pleasure, honestly. In this series, you taught us how judgment comes first to the church. So it's first to us and that the believers must judge believers by biblical standards. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of shifted gears into what judgment looks like from a believer to a non-believer. You started the message with Matthew 7, where it's like, do not judge or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And then, you know, it goes further on to talk about the the logs and the specks and and the eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So knowing that one day we will judge even the angels, Jesus qualifies us to judge by saying, first to remove our plank, and then we'll see clearly enough to help with our neighbor's speck. Yep. So our job with non-Christians is to love them into the kingdom. Yeah. It is to love them into the kingdom. Yeah, we got the good job. Right? Kind of a kind of a rough deal for, for Christians. You know, non-Christians get love and, and we get judged. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly one way of looking at it. Because it's true. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, if you if you go back and listen to the messages, I talk about or reveal these scriptures about mm. our job is to love non-Christians. Right. Our, it's God's job to judge them. Right. Our, we have to judge our own by biblical standards because God's going to judge us first. Right. So that's the premise, right? But non-Christians, it's like... You know, from from that point of view, it's almost like, man, that's not fair. <laughs> How come non-Christians just get to get loved? And then as soon as I become a Christian, now now I have to be judged, right? <laughs> so only, only the Christians are the ones who are getting judged. And I, I think you could certainly walk away with that idea, but I, I, I think it might be, there might be a perspective shift that needs to happen. So first of all, it's, it's loving to judge. Yes. It's actually a loving thing to do. Remember, we talked about in a previous episode, cliffs, like watching your friends and family run off right, of a cliff right. or, or doing something dangerous, putting their hands in the fire. What kind of friend would you be if you were at a campsite and, and your friend was about to fall into the fire and you didn't help them? Right. If you didn't try to pull them from the fire. What, right. what kind of friend would you be? So first of all, it's loving to judge. Mm-hmm. It's not loving to use unmerited criticism, mm-hmm. uncalled for or undue criticism, which is exactly what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7 when he says, judge not lest ye be judged. He's talking about unmerited, undue criticism. Right. So nobody likes that. Right. Nobody wants to be criticized. Um, so w- when, we think about, when we think about it in those terms, you can realize very quickly that uh, it's not that non-Christians got the better end of the deal. (laughs) 
because they just get to be loved and not to be judged because judgment is a loving behavior. It's a loving thing to do. And it's one of those things, honestly, Pastor T, I think it's one of those things that uh, especially, you know, my heart's desire for the people at Strong Tower and, you know, Christians around the globe to get this thing right. We have got to get this right because it is certainly part of how we live, but we want to populate the kingdom. That's, that's, that's mission one. Absolutely. That's the goal. We want to populate the kingdom and I can't populate the kingdom if I'm being unloving, if I'm criticizing other people, nobody comes into the kingdom through criticism. Right. We come into the kingdom through the Lord's kindness Mm -hmm. because even though we hated him, he loved us first. He loved us anyways. Right. And it is his kindness that that brings people into the kingdom. So we need to figure out how to do judgment in a kind way and in a loving way and in a truthful way so that we're not burying our heads in the sand. We're not being ignorant to the calling that's on our own lives right? and and what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth, the changes that we're supposed to be making here on this earth. So we don't want to turn a blind eye to it. Right. We don't want to become the morality police. You can see this is a kind of a complicated not. issue, right? Right. So we don't want to become the morality police because nobody wants to hang out with that guy either. Right. Just like nobody wants to hang out with the criticism guy. Yeah. It really exposes our own log in our eye. Yeah. We have that attitude. But everybody wants to hang out with the love guy. Yeah. It doesn't even, the love guy can drive whatever car he drives, can dress <laughs> however he dresses. You're like, that's the nicest guy. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. I just always like, man, that guy's always got <laughs> what something. A joy. Yeah. What a joy to be around. Right. And, and in this day and age, in, in our little uh, corner of the universe or this time period, it's easier to be the light than ever. People are so divided and they're so negative about everything. Everything's a joke. There's so much sarcasm. There's so much cynicism. The internet's filled with it. Everybody thinks it's just the funniest, cutest thing ever. It is is easier to be the light today than it has ever been in all of humanity. You know, I mean, think about this. Like, what a simple, simple message. Smile at somebody. Right? Smile at somebody. Right? (laughs) How difficult is that? Help somebody to the car with their groceries. Mm. Come on. This is like the easiest stuff. But this is the stuff... that's how dark our world is. Right. That's how that's how dim your light needs to be in order to shine. <laughs> you know, so, like nothing's all that complicated. So first of all, I think we got to understand that it's it's loving to judge. It's it's a loving thing, and if it's criticism, it's going to come out like criticism. It's going to come out unloving. It's going to come out like an accusation. It's going to come out gross, and it's going to feel gross to to the person. So we got to figure out how to how to judge rightly, so that we can figure out how to love rightly. The second thing to consider is that. If we do judgment right, it's going to be a blessing to the Christian. So it's not like, how come non-Christians get love and Christians get judgment? It's actually a blessing to the Christian to get that kind of judgment because I want to go deeper with God. Uh, I want to be available to God. I, I want to live a life that's holy and pure mm-hmm. uh, before him. And and that kind of judgment in a real loving way, in a real positive light, as, as we've been trying to teach these last few weeks— We'll do just that for the Christian mm-hmm. in a spirit of gentleness and love and kindness, a relationship that you care about not losing. Mm-hmm. Like, brother, let's help each other. Let's, right. We can get there together. So, so if we do judgment right, it's an absolute blessing to the Christian that the non-Christians are missing out on. They don't get mm-hmm. the benefit of that judgment. And I think that's something our listeners probably hadn't considered is that judgment is actually a benefit. Yes. It's actually a, a blessing to us. And the third thing is that love, speaking specifically of non-Christians, looks a lot different 
than most people assume. So you say, well, how come the Christians get judgment and the non-Christians get love? Love looks a little bit different Mm. than you probably think it does. I'm not talking about like, hey, let's just embrace their sin and hold hands with them and say, hey, it's okay. It's not my job to judge you. No, that's not what I'm talking. That's not what love looks like. Now, in the message, you gave us four boundaries regarding our judgment toward the world and towards non-Christians. All right, here's the big test. Can you remember? <laughs> uh, first, we talked about you must judge. You must. You must yeah. judge. Not it's a good idea to, or it, it should happen. You must you judge. Um, secondly, we talked about avoiding double standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third was to confine judgment to matters that are not in dispute. Right. So I can't put my personal convictions on other people where there's not a biblical absolute. Even if you really, really want to. Even if I feel it strongly, <laughs> it's not my business. It's a strong feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last, and definitely not the least, was judge the action, not the motive. Yeah, tricky. Yeah, that that is really tricky. Judge the action and not the motive. That that's a big one. Can you can you uh, dive a little deeper for well, us? We just we have to we have to judge the action, and and that is you know you have to judge what is evil, right. so so that you don't fall into it. But we should really do our best to avoid judging the motive, and judging the motive uh, is is wrong. First of all, it's it's unbiblical. We're not supposed to judge the motive. In First Kings, it says that God is the one who judges the heart, that he, he that he sees the heart. He knows what's in the depth of the heart. And that's why I'm always saying to Christians, like, be real careful who you've, you know, when we're talking about people who have died. I'm like, be real careful about who you think is in heaven and who you don't think is in right. heaven. Because God is the only one who knows what's going on in their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might be like, well, that person, boy, it sounded like they hated God. Well, maybe, maybe they were so hurt and they were so broken and God tried to reach them on, on a really really deep level that they couldn't possibly communicate to somebody else. And and in fact, even though on the outside it looked like they hated God, on the outside maybe they actually had a love for God but was just distorted by something that happened in their life. And so I say that first of all to give give some encouragement to people, you know, when they're when they're worried about their friends and their family members who they think might not have made it into into the kingdom, but also just the fact that we don't know. Right. We don't know. God knows the heart, and he is the only one who's qualified to judge the heart. We don't have any any business, any opportunity, or any ability. It's, it's, uh, it's a bad look. It's, right. it's, it, it's in bad taste when, it, when a Christian will uh, try to judge the, the heart of another person. It's, that's God's job. Mm-hmm. Second of all, to, to judge a motive is unloving, and and it's unloving because it's based on assumptions. Yes. And we all know what assumption means. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So so if I assume something, I, I'm I'm just making a, a big spectacle of myself mm-hmm. uh, based on something that that I think. And I assume even of myself that what I think is true. Mm. So you, you're assuming that, first of all, that you're right. You're assuming about the life of this person. And you're assuming that, that what the conclusion that you've come to is true. And that's a really unloving way to, to approach somebody. Right. The other thing that happens when, when we judge the motive is that it leads to a spirit of offense. Mm. And there's nothing the enemy likes more 
than to disrupt relationships. Oh, yeah. He loves getting people all wound up about each other. And, oh, you said this. I can't believe. Oh, do you see what so-and-so was wearing? And, you know, like all that, whatever he can do, he's so sneaky about it. Whatever he can do to get in there and start monkeying with relationships, he's all about it. Mm. He's all about that. And so when when I judge a motive in, instead of the action, I'm actually lending my thought life to the spirit of offense. I'm opening a door to the spirit of offense. Wow, what a what an exposure of the enemy to how he can get at you and cause you to fall through this. Totally. And you know as well as I do that the enemy's just looking for open doors. Oh, absolutely. If he can kick that door open, it's not just that the spirit of offense is going to come in. He's going to bring five of his buddies with him. Mm-hmm. And and they're going to do all kinds of other things. So you might have opened a door to the spirit of offense and then all of a sudden you've got you're dealing with a spirit of lust mm-hmm. or a spirit of suicide or a spirit of addiction. Right. So you you might actually be and I don't say this to get people to freak out about it, but we do need to be careful about how we approach life and in the doors that we're opening to the enemy, because if he can get a foothold in your life, he's gonna. And and it's not that he's just going to come by himself. Bullies never work that way. Mm -mm. Bullies are always going to bring their buddies so that they can try to overpower and coerce. Now, we learned that you can't turn a blind eye to sin. But we also learned we are not the morality police. No, there's no badges. <laughs> Which I love the way that you put that. We are not the morality police. Right. We are the holy minority. So how does judging the action rather than the motive help with that? There's a number of ways that judging the action will help promote a, a life of godliness and, and promote a good sense of, of Christian judgment. When we judge the action rather than the motive we can first and foremost separate the sin from the sinner. Mm. And I know that you've heard this before. I've heard it a million times. We all hear hear it, right? Like, hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm. But none of us know how. Mm. Nobody's telling us how to do that. How do I love this sinner without embracing the same iniquity that they're embracing? Mm. So so, some of us, some Christians, have actually tried to do that, and it starts looking like love without truth, Mm-hmm. And some Christians have gone the other way, which starts looking a lot like truth without love. Yep. And it just doesn't seem to work out very well. But if I can judge the action rather than the motive, I can actually begin in, in my mind and in the spirit, I can actually begin to separate the sin from the sinner mm-hmm. and go, okay, okay, I see now. I see. This is a person and this person has suffered temptation and succumb mm-hmm. to temptation for whatever reason reasons unknown to me. Reasons that might be unknown to them are likely unknown to them. It might have something that spider webs down into their childhood and it just like happened to be that the enemy used this vein to, to find its his, it wormhole his way into their heart. And, and when I can judge the action rather than the motive, I can start seeing the person as the individual they are, mm-hmm. as, as a person who's, who's suffering from the same woes of sin nature that I suffer from. Right. It really give you a heart, God's heart for people. It really does. When we judge the action rather than the motive, we can see things from an objective perspective or objectively, it's probably the correct way to say that, rather than a, a critical perspective. Mm. And that's a very important part of, of walking in love. That's a very important piece to 
doing judgment from a posture of love rather than a, a posture of criticism or better stated, a posture of religiosity, mm-hmm. a posture of legalism. I want to be able to see things objectively rather than critically. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not judging this person based on the, the things that I think, the expression of God that I think the world should see, the expression of God that I've been taught that, that the world needs to see, but rather I can see this person objectively and go, okay, here, this is a real human and they're, they are, again, like we, like we talked about in the, in the first part is just separating the, the sin from the sinner. That's such a, that's such a powerful tool yeah. to be able to separate those two and, and recognize these things for ex- exactly what they are. And then I can be much, much less critical about that person, much less accusatory. I, I'll, I'll take on much less of a look of my enemy and more like the look in the heart of God. I think when we come overly critical, we, I like how you said that, we look like our, our enemy. We are elevating ourselves, and I just, man, I really want to run from this, the sin of Lucifer. You know, I don't want to elevate myself. So with, with the way that you're exposing these really, really helps to shape us in our walk. I appreciate that. And you do, you're right. You said it well when you said you want to run from that look, but you don't want to run so far that you put your head in the sand, right? Right. Remember the story of the, of the guy with the talents, Mm -hmm. right? And he said, well, I buried my talents in the sand because I knew you were a hard master and, and here they are back to you. I was too afraid to do anything with them. And God was not pleased with that either. Right. So we, we, we have to, right? That's, that's number one in judgment. That's like the number one boundary. Like we, you have to do it. You can't, you can't run away from it. Which is, I, I really loved these boundaries, especially the, hey, biblical absolute. And when we judge the action rather than the motive, we can actually preserve a relationship. Mm. So if I'm judging the motive, man, I'm deciding, oh, this person's got a bad heart. I can't be around this person because they're a terrible person. They're a bad person. They're an evil person. Or they, they've just they've embraced all this sin. But if I can just judge the action rather than the motive, I can actually preserve that relationship where a spirit of gentleness will actually be my goal. I'll, I'll be more interested in in the restoration of this individual than I will be the correction of this individual. And again, this is where, this is where repentance takes view, right? Repentance looks like something. Yeah. You will actually be able to see repentance happening. Mm. There will be evidence of repentance. And when there's evidence of repentance, you are absolutely free to pour as much grace on that situation as possible, more than you ever could imagine, more than you ever thought was necessary, as long as repentance is taking place. Right. Another reason why we should judge action rather than motive is that it saves the dignity of the offender. Mm-hmm. There's this old Christian hymn that we like to sing sometimes. I forget the name, like they'll know we're Christians by our love. That's one of the lines, and I don't know if that's the name of the song. But one of the lyrics, it's so beautiful and so powerful to me, it, it says that we will guard each other's dignity mm-hmm. and save each other's pride. Mm. And they will know we are Christians by our love. Mm. It's so powerful. Who's they? The unbelievers, the outsiders, or the, the unactivated believers, the ones who are looking in from the outside going, man, is anybody doing Christianity right? And, and I really have a desire to be known by our love. I want Strong Tower to be known by its love. Matter of fact, 
I would say even more than that, my, the real, real depth of my heart is I want Strong Tower to be a happy church. <laughs> I want I want people to be like, is that the happy church? You know, or, or people think like they should change their name from Strong Tower to the happy church. Like, how come everybody's <laughs> so happy over there? I really want that for our people. And and I think that I think that's that's possible. And that only happens when we are active in in love, our love towards one another, our our grace towards one and one another. And in that song where it says, well, we will guard each other's dignity and save each other's pride. It's not talking about that unbiblical, uh, unholy kind of pride, right. you know, the, like the pride of man, but that pride that says, uh, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to save you. you know, there's an amazing book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And one of, uh, there's like seven or 10 of these kind of rules to follow about how to, how to win friends. And one of these rules is that, that you would let somebody save face or that you would save face for them. Mm. And you will win a friend for life mm-hmm. if you will just help them to save face. And this is one of those things when we judge the action rather than the motive, we're helping somebody save face. We're, we're, we're guarding their dignity. And lastly, I would say that when we judge actions rather than motives, it actually identifies the root of the problem, which in my opinion is kind of the meat and potatoes of this whole conversation, is that the root of the problem is sin. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's the story. We are a sinful people who, who are stuck in sin nature, and we needed a cure for the sin nature. We didn't necessarily need a cure for the sin, Right. So the the world right. tries to do that. We try to legislate morality. Mm-hmm. We try to say, like, I'm going to make these laws and these people are going to have to obey these laws and be good people or else. Right. And that works uh, for a, a very small in, in a very small way. You can't actually legislate morality. Morality is something that you learn and grow in in your relationship with God. And the, the issue is we are a, a people who are stuck in sin nature, and Christ came to set us free from that sin nature. Mm-hmm. So when we judge the action and not the motive, we're actually letting Jesus do his job, and we're doing our job, and we keep the individuals from a performance-based relationship hmm. with, with Christ, because it really identifies the root of the problem. Yeah. The root of the problem is sin, yeah. right? It's not if you behave this way, because you can behave the right way and still be in sin. Yeah, yeah. You know, who wants to be the the best sinner in hell? <laughs> who wants to be that guy? Right. You know, so so why would you why would you put yourself through all that? If you can judge the action rather than the motive, it can actually identify the root problem. And again, the root problem is sin. Mm-hmm. And that's where we can be grateful because those of us who are born again can say, well, Jesus came to take care of that sin problem. Those who are not born again can say, well, how do I get rid of this problem? I need Jesus, right? right. So either way, it, it points right back to the throne. It Amen. points right back to Jesus and who he is, and he gets all the glory. Amen. And that is the kind of life that we want to be living. This is part three of Pastor David's series on judgment. It's called Judgment Has Boundaries. Please, 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 please look it up on YouTube. Copy and paste the link from the description. Get this in you. It will change how you walk. It's been fantastic, Pastor David. Thank you again. Thank you. And we will catch up with everybody soon. 
Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Towers, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? No.